Oh yeah, Tom, you have to say this is Take a Q episode 16. This is Take a Q episode 16. Welcome to Take a Cue. I'm Jen Wise, fourth and fifth grade instrumental music teacher. And I'm Eric Dunno, eighth grade band and jazz band director. We're two veteran educators with over 35 years of experience teaching music in New Jersey public schools between the two of us, and we're excited to bring teaching experiences and insights to you. So excited. Whether you're just starting out your teaching career or you've been teaching longer than we have, this show will help you grow with new ideas and perspectives about music education and teaching. We hope you'll be just as inspired as we are every time you listen. Before we begin, if you enjoy our podcast, please help us out by doing a few super easy things. First, subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Then make sure you rate the podcast and leave us a review. It helps people find our show who haven't yet, and we really appreciate it. If you find that you get a lot out of our episodes, we'd be grateful if you considered becoming a monthly supporter to help us grow the podcast. You can sign up to make a secure monthly payment using the link in our show notes or on our anchor site, anchor.fm slash take a cue. That's all one word. Also, if you have questions or comments about anything you hear in the episode, come and interact with us on social media. We're Take a Cue Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That's right. We are Take a Cue Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Yes, we are. How you doing, Eric? Doing all right. Okay. It's kind of a crazy week here in the Dunno household. How about you, Jen? Uh... I'm doing pretty good. Things are things are rolling. Things are good. Um and uh yeah, we're we're post concert, so we're just, you know, coasting into winter break. We get a full week here in, in Livingston. Yes. So Oh my gosh. I am uh, so excited. Yeah. Any good plans? Um I'm gonna go to the NJMEA convention. So right on. um yep, yep, that's a that's a big one. So um, you know, we'll be there Thursday and Friday and and that should be yeah, pretty good. And you? Um, we're going to be doing some birthday stuff for our eldest daughter who is turning 10 this week. Yay. And, um, you know, kind of continues for a week, a week's worth of birthday things. I can't really talk about them because some of them are a surprise. And mm. I don't want anybody hearing from the background here. So, gotcha. um, yeah. Yep. Okay. yeah, yeah, but it's going to be right. great. She's going to be 10 tomorrow. Hard to believe. Wow. That's so cool. She'll be like, Daddy, I had a dream that I'm going to get a pony for my... Oh, just kidding. <laughs> she hears you oh in her gosh. sleep. She so would flip. I know, I know. So Problem funny. is, we have no backyard or oh, front yard. Right. Or really any much of a yard. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, that would make it tough. That would make it tough. Other than that, we're just kind of hanging out. We're just, okay. um, you know, doing our thing these days. Our concert is passed as well. Mm-hmm. You know, our show that unfortunately Tom was not able to play um, is now finished and in the rearview mirror. Mm-hmm. And now it's kind of just, um, yeah, kind of just learn, you know, in that in that middle ground between winter and spring concerts. Yep. So yeah. the work gets done. So Indeed. Indeed. You know, those seeds we planted in the fall. They're starting to germinate. That's it. Love that word. That was right? an episode back, like I don't know I what know. was that episode like five a or something. Ago. Yeah, it was. We and you read that that nice 
that lovely quote. I'll tell you what, my students are germinating all over the place. They are goopy and <laughs> just, just kidding. Um, upper respiratory <laughs> infections at the elementary level are. Oh, 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 got right. it, got it. I wasn't <laughs> just, quite, just quite kidding. sure. Play on, play on words. Here. That's all. Play on I words. I like it. Um, I like it. So, um, yeah, but we should welcome our uh, <laughs> our guest <laughs> um tom welcome to the pod welcome to take a cue um this is tom from wise. upstairs it's yeah, tom wise I, I love the studio guys this is uh, <laughs> it's really nice it's lovely it's really inviting you know so oh my goodness so uh yeah, Tom. Tom is my husband and also a fantastic music educator of how many years? How many years have you been teaching now? Um, this is year number 13. Uh, took two years off for grad school in there, which mm-hmm. I, I guess we'll get to the whole life story eventually. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of your podcast uh, to the point that I married one of you. <laughs> So, so yeah, um, it was because of the podcast, wasn't it? It It was, it was. I, I, yeah, I wrote fan fiction about it before Mm. and then came true. (laughs) (laughs) And here we are tonight, your honored guest. So, um, uh, yeah, we, we do want a little bit of your backstory, but Tom, Tom's here tonight to talk about, uh, small schools, small programs. Tom, you want to tell us a little about, bit about yourself, how you got into music and teaching and ended up uh, with us in New Jersey? Sure. Okay. So, you know, I I don't think I'm going to achieve the level of efficiency that like Brendan Hughes did in his Mm -hmm. uh, bio, but, uh, (laughs) you know, we'll skip a decade or two in there. Um, I I started off teaching in Connecticut. Uh, Jen, you and I went to college together, University of Connecticut, go Huskies. And uh, then you got a job here in New Jersey and I got a job in Connecticut and, you know, we, we worked for a couple of years like that. And then I came down and went to grad school. And from there, um, I ended up in this sort of a strange situation where, um, I had three years of, of teaching experience and they were, uh, well spent. I taught out in Killingly, Connecticut, which is, uh, on the Rhode Island border and it's an old mill town. And, uh, you know, a little, a little bit, uh, during, 2008 to 2010 was a little bit like, you know, socioeconomically depressed a little bit and, and, but the kids were great. So, so I taught for, uh, three years in Killingly and then, uh, and then I decided I was going to go to grad school, SUNY purchase, uh, and, everything was pretty successful. I, I, I felt good about it. Uh, but coming out of grad school, teaching three years, uh, and then moving states, taking two years off, it looks pretty not, not good on a resume. So I didn't get a ton of calls coming coming out of grad school uh, when I was going back into teaching, uh, looking for teaching jobs. So you know, you get, get a few, and and the one that called was Mountainside, New Jersey, and they they basically said, "Can you put the second graders on stage for a concert?" Um, do you have any experience with musicals? And the answer was absolutely yes to both of those questions. And uh, so 2013, I started in Mountainside, New Jersey. It's a four square mile town. uh, And it is nestled between Summit and Westfield and between uh, Springfield and Berkeley Heights. And it uh, has, yeah, about 70, 75 kids per grade level. And I've been there for 10 years. 
Awesome. And for, for our listeners who may not be uh, familiar with how New Jersey works, there are a lot of tiny, teeny, tiny little districts. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's not like in some states where the district is the county and everything is part of that one county district. In New Jersey, um, there are a lot of very tiny school districts, which can lead to some really great things and to some other, um, you know, um, some more, um, what's the word? Uh, I don't want to say frustrations. What's the word? Challenges. Cut this out. Challenges. Yes. There you go. Thank you. It can lead to some, you know, some great things and some challenges. So, um, yeah. So I, I think it's great to have Tom on because there, um, you know, there are so many um, people out there who are the the one the one person in their their district or the one person in their school who kind of does everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tom has some great tips and tricks to to share. And um, I look forward to hearing about it too because Tom, this is a part. Uh, although we've hung out before and and chatted, this is not something that you and I have uh, delved too deeply into. So I'm looking That's forward true. to today's episode. So Tom, like, what is your um, teaching placement right now? Like, what is your what is your assignment day to day, week to week? Okay, so it's uh, I, I am one of two people in the department. We don't have a department head or anything like that. Um, it is a pre K to two school and a three through eight school. And then we send to Berkeley Heights, Governor Livingston High School for high school. Um, so I teach uh, two days a week at the pre-K through two school. I teach K through two classroom music. And then the other three days a week, I do a few sections of third grade uh, classroom music. And then the rest of the day is uh, fifth through eighth grade band. Wow. And it is it is all over the place. It's certainly never boring. Mm. Plus, now, jazz do you are you want to? Oh, yeah, oh yes, of course. Plus, plus jazz band and plus, I mean, if you want to go through the whole ten years of it, there was that period of time where you know when we were in our twenties, where we were both doing the after school uh, lessons and the after school um, the after school uh, 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 marching band thing. And uh, over over the course of a day, I would see students. Uh, in my class, but between the ages of three and a half in pre-K through uh, 18. And that would be the, like a typical Tuesday for me. So, you know, you end up having to know the different, uh, you know, ability levels and what's age appropriate you know, pretty intimately throughout like a kid's entire development. Do you find like you teach like your personality is different based on the like ages that you're teaching? Absolutely. So you're you're just kind of going through all these versions of Mr. Wise throughout the day. You play a character. I mean, I I don't know if you've ever if you ever felt like that. I know I did when I first started teaching. Like my first job was just fifth and sixth grade mostly, uh, with a couple of seven eight uh, classroom music things going on. Um, but I still during that time I felt like I was just playing a character on TV. Um, what's scary is when you know after you've been doing it for a while. Um, that character starts to become you. <laughs> and so I'm, 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 I'm kind of in, in, I'm in there right now. Like, you know, coming home after teaching a full day and being a dad, it's like, you know, I'm in there somewhere. I'm in the mix, but you know, it's, it becomes more natural and you just kind of make the switch. So, so Tom, you said you have one colleague, uh, who I know pretty well, but like, how, how does that work? Like who, uh, what does he do in your district? So he does all the things that I don't do. And I'm 
very thankful because the things that he likes to do are actually the things that, uh, well, I guess I, at this point I'm not very, very experienced with, but it's like, he really enjoys middle school chorus and he enjoys, you know, teaching, teaching like sixth grade classroom music. So he does all the fourth through eighth grade classroom music. He does all of the, all of the fourth through eighth grade, uh, uh, chorus and stuff. And he also teaches the, he does, uh, all the entire drama department. Like I'm the, I'm the, I just have to put a band together or just press play if we're doing tracks. Uh, he directs and everything like that, which is something that honestly, that's not my wheelhouse anyway. So I'm, I'm glad he loves to do that. I'm kind of curious when you're, when you're doing switching from all of these um, different, you know, aspects of the music uh, program throughout the day. Um, I, I don't know. Is this, uh, I, I'm, I, I don't know if you're planning on touching on this later, Tom, but I'm kind of curious, like how do you set up like the logistics for the day to constantly be switching from one thing to another, to another, to another, like, um, when I teach eighth grade band, like I know I've got lessons in the afternoon. So my lesson mm-hmm. stuff is set up and like, that's it. But you're doing, you know, so many different, wearing so many different hats. How do you keep yourself organized throughout the day? Um, so I, I, I've stolen a lot of pages from Jen's book. Jen is incredibly organized. You know, we had a teacher that said there are two types of people, pilers and filers, and she's definitely the filer <laughs> and I'm the piler. But, um, you know, I do when, when I need to, I, I, I can get pretty organized and using basically things I've I've borrowed and stolen from friends and and uh, spouses. And so um, uh, w- what I do is, first of all, I, I, I uh, let's see. So I have a set part of my day, like my Tuesday, Tuesdays and Thursdays for me are just K through two, and it's whatever they give me. And I, you know, sometimes that does mean bouncing back between kindergarten and second grade, kindergarten, second grade, first grade, kindergarten. Oh, we threw in a pre K for you, whatever it is. But that's, that's like at that school. But when it comes to, um, when it comes to, uh, the other school, I, I get to kind of set my schedule, uh, for the most part. So we know when the classroom music, the third grade classroom music is going to be, it tends to be at the same time every day. Um, we know when the seventh and eighth grade band and sixth grade band, like full rehearsals are going to be. Um, and then the rest of it is honestly just lessons. And that tends to, that rotates through the day as I'd imagine it does with a lot of our, you, with you and a lot of our listeners. So, um, uh, I, I guess, uh, it, it you just kind of look at your schedule at the beginning of the day and at some point, you know, you know, the, the, the groups well enough that you just say, oh, well, I guess this, this is, these are my Monday people. These are my Tuesday people. These are my Wednesday people. I don't think it's this way now, but like when you first started teaching there, you had like one quarter of your room was for general music and there was a whiteboard and the things you needed there. And then you'd have your band set up facing a different way so yes. that those spaces were kind of separate and you're you know, third graders walking in didn't go right for the timpani, oh, man. <laughs> you know? Um, yes. Yeah. So that, that has changed. And that's, uh, you know, over time, any, when you spend enough time, any place, your administrators kind of start listening to you, hopefully. And so we got to a point where I said, uh, I kind of took a, a, an odd tack. I said, I'd like to be push in. I'd like to be on a cart because what that does is it gets the, the younger kids out of my classroom. Like I'm, I, te- I can teach on a budget. 
I am on a pretty tight budget so I can pack my guitar on my back and throw my laptop on the top of the cart and whatever listening equipment, whatever instruments we're using. And generally that works. I, I, it's, uh, you know, pretty low impact, but to get them out of a third of our band room, uh, several times a week is totally worth the the push in experience. That's what I was going to ask Jen. I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, and that was like, you know, the, the, like the physical setup. Um, cause I think, you know, I feel like on a cart is kind of like a, like a, a that's a pejorative almost for yeah, it's, a lot it's of stigmatized people. for sure. And a lot of people, yeah. it's like, that's the deal breaker. I'm like, I, I've tried it both ways. I, I prefer the cart just because well, for a number of reasons, this isn't a, a, a classroom music podcast, but generally you can use their classroom rules and expectations and use that to reinforce your own expectations. I love that rather than, hey, we're in this new space. We're going to go absolutely bananas. You just right. say, yeah, like. And they've hey. lost the focus when they're in the hallway coming on down right. and, you know, they're rowdy because, you know, kids getting out of the classroom and walking down, you know, I'm. I mean, I don't know. I've seen elementary kids, you know, move through the hallway a little, a little more noisily. Yep. Um, so yeah, no, I like that. I think that's uh, that's a really good, good way to sort of tweak things to make them work more to your advantage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you've been doing that a while now, right? At the pre-K to two school? Pre-K to two. Yeah. I've been, you know, I, I wasn't put on a, I wasn't, I didn't sign up to be on a cart with them. I was, I had a room and I was so ripped when they, when they took my room away. But then I, uh, you know, got back on the cart, um, and I made it work for me and I, I have learned to love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Now, if I had to do band on a cart, cause I know you, Jen, have done band on a cart in when you were teaching in a small school I and was. I guess, you know, in uh, other times too, um, it, band on a cart and, 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 and general music on a cart are totally different animals. Yeah band on a cart is is brutal it's rough um but uh yeah yeah i have also taught in a smaller school smaller district um not quite as small as mountainside we had about um uh around 150 in a grade um and i had between 90 and 120 in the band every year so it was a, a good number of kids i just taught band um but uh yeah, small school, uh, small school stuff. Like, there's just not a band room this year. <laughs> um, so here you're in the cafeteria, and it, yep, it was Taco Day, and yeah, you know, bummer. It's it's it smelled real weird in there, and you know, I'd be in the art room, and I'd be, um, you know, in the hallway. Oh, uh, do you remember the one the, the 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 custodian's closet? And there was a false door in the custodian's closet yes. that led to a different classroom. It was. Oh. It was, that cool. was, it was like a secret hideaway. Um, and yeah, so like the, the door was, it was in the middle of the fourth grade hallway, which was, I only, I was only teaching fifth graders in that building at the time. Um, and, uh, but I was like smack in the middle of the fourth grade hallway and the door said storage, right. And you walk in and it was about, um, I don't know about the width of a sedan, right. Was this like entryway and the, there was like a broom and a mop and it looked like it looked like a prop closet like it what that stuff wasn't used it was just there and then you open this next door and there was like a small office back there and I taught I taught in that I taught in that space for for a year um and like it was not up to code so like the custodian 
like made me a wooden like radiator cover just to like cover the exposed like coils of the radiator uh-huh. and <laughs> it was like it was really like a little hideout up there um the fourth grade team was not a fan um so i i didn't i didn't last in there very long but like yeah the space thing um and a small small uh school is definitely an issue and you kind of have to just you know make it work for you the best you can um yeah yeah uh my my secrets to ban on a cart are um uh like if you can kind of find the cart that like i don't know what size it is but it's the one that's about like waist high you can fit like a, a trumpet and an alto sax on the bottom and then the middle shelf a flute oboe and clarinet um and then on the top you put like a basket of like reeds and your mouthpiece puller and a pile of music and like that's 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 the way to do like load it load it from the bottom and then put the little stuff on on top hmm. so hmm. um and then put like a cute little flower like something happy on it so that it follows you around so um hmm. but yeah so while you guys are talking a little bit about um the you know some of the challenges that you've dealt with um in small programs um I'm curious if you can talk about um the recruitment cuz because you know when you're looking at a a school where there's 500 kids in a grade it's pretty easy to get some kids interested in in band and I'm curious what your techniques were/are for getting a lot of kids involved when there just aren't at that many kids to pull from. All right. So we should, we should uh, handle this question separately because, you know, the Jen, when she was teaching in Ringwood had a small school, but she was mainly at a four five school and then a six, seven, eight school. And she would meet the, the students uh, for the first time in fifth grade. Uh, but, you know, like meet them before that and have contact with them in a certain way. Meanwhile, I meet my future band kids when they're kindergartners. So there are two mm. different answers to this the answers to this question. So, Jen, do you want to go first or do you want me to? Yeah, and because I'll go first because mine's a lot like what we talked about in our um, recruitment and retention episode. Um, you know, I the fourth graders came to my concert the in the spring then we did instrument demos and um and we signed them up you know in june for the following following year um and after a while we started the summer music program and some of them were able to start in the summer and that you know gave them gave them a little connection to the program um uh i used to play kickball at lunchtime to get to know the kids um i sit at their lunch tables and like just get in there and get to know them and, and everything. Um, but I could do that because, well, first of all, I was on a cart teaching in the cafeteria, so I had nowhere else to be, um, <laughs> you know, uh, but second of all, like that, it was just, it was just the thing to do to get to know their, their faces. Cause I kind of had like being in, um, just that one school and, you know, just in two schools, I kind of was able to have that, that focus, um, to, to make that happen. Um, uh, and, you know, there wasn't, I didn't have a string program um, and you could definitely do chorus and band. So there wasn't really, there were, no, there was really nothing else happening in, within the school for me to, you know, this was the thing, the band there was the thing to do. So, um, you know, most of the kids wanted to try it. Most of the kids wanted to give a shot. So, um, you know, that's, that was kind of uh, recruitment for me. It wasn't easy because it wasn't, 
it wasn't a large program when I got there. So, but, um, uh, it, that's, that's kind of how we did it. A lot of the ways we talked about in our, in our recruitment and retention episode. Um, but I think, uh, it would have been kind of cool to know some of them as, as kindergartners. Um, but I'm not sure they'd still want to stick around with me if I, (laughs) if I met them way back then. But that's Um, not true because you, you did meet that, like they knew you, when they were kindergartners, they you just did. didn't know them. That's true, because I brought the band uh, to the, you know, K to three schools every year in the spring um, to do a little concert. So they did kind of know who I was in the beginning. So, um, but, uh, but I, you're right, I didn't know them. So, right. But you, you know, they, they, uh, they, they, that does make a big impression, you know, when you were talking in your, in your, in your previous episode about how you remembered when the 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 group came to your school when mm-hmm. you were a little kid totally. and i have i have similar memories about that too from when i was a kid mm-hmm. i remember my my babysitter was in the high school show choir and i she was like my first crush and i like <laughs> i i i saw they did uh they did sir duke and mm-hmm. with these like gold sequin hats on and i just thought it was the coolest thing in the world yeah. <laughs> so, so those those kinds of things definitely uh, they 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 are imprinted on your brain for a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, kind of coming off of that, uh, when you're in a small school, it's sort of like it's sort of even further underscores the uh, the emphasis that you have to put on like you know building rapport with your students and you know personal relationships because uh when you are recruit you're not recruiting from like you know the last day of third grade the last day of fourth grade whatever you're recruiting from the day you meet them in kindergarten and uh so you know there are some things i do uh, to uh i don't know how to say this but like indoctrinate them into the idea of of playing an instrument uh, one so, of us. Yeah, one well, of I mean, us. <laughs> honestly, it's you know, I'll bring in, I'll bring in every few weeks a, a mystery instrument, and it'll be on my card. It'll be a little box at the, you know, we'll start with like, you know, a clarinet or a flute or something like that, something small, and they they might not even notice. And as the year wears on, you start making them more conspicuous. Oh, that 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 thing is on your back. Oh, it's your, Oh, it's a saxophone. And you know, there's the, Oh, that thing is shaped like a snail. Oh, it's a French horn, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and they're like, Oh, today I brought, I brought an instrument so big. I have to leave it out outside the room. And you know, you let the administrator know that, that you're going to be leaving in a case in the hallway just for security. And you bring in the, you bring in the trombone <laughs> and then, and, and that's usually a pretty big hit. Um, but you, but it, Without them knowing it, they know what the instruments look like and sound like and what they're called. And, you know, they have a concept of sound. They're coming into they're coming into their later elementary before they before they even have thought about what instrument they want to play someday. They're, they they at least know what it sounds like. And that creates kind of a, a just a musically, culturally literate uh, group of kids. Mm-hmm. So do you think. I'm going to ask both of you this question because you've had experience in both kinds of, you know, programs, larger and smaller. Do you think that in a way it's actually kind of easier to recruit kids because they've grown up knowing you from an earlier age? So, uh, yes, in a way it's, it's certainly, uh, easier to connect with them in, in certain ways. Um, I, 
Yeah, I, I, I would like to say that it, it, it takes care of everything because, you know, I'd, li- I'd like to tell you, oh, I get I get 100% recruitment for every grade because they just want to, you know, spend all their time with Mr. Wise. But honestly, it's it's probably about where you guys are hitting too. I'm getting, I, I, I usually pull in about half the grade. And, you know, I, you do you do everything you can to lead them to water. Um, my thought is that it's it's not for everybody, but it's worth a try. Um, and because, you know, I can't, I've never met a single grown up who says, man, I wish I had never done band. I wish I had never <laughs> learned how to play an instrument. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I'm so, so glad I totally dropped out it. when I was right. in fifth right. grade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you, you always get the opposite from, and when you talk to parents, oh, I played piano and I don't anymore. And I wish I did, you know, that kind of stuff. And so, uh, so I, you know, you encourage them as much as you can, but in the end of the, at the end of the day, um, you know, they're not all going to sign up for it, you know, for whatever reason, whether it's, you know, academic related or they just, you know, they have their interest somewhere else. And honestly, that's okay. They still know they'll still be out there and like, the kids who don't do it will go out there and say, huh, I see that thing that I'm pretty sure that's a French horn. Like, you know, you don't want to, you, I don't, the last thing I want is to put out students who, who say, oh, I've, I've never heard, heard, you know, Mary had a little lamb and people who have, who have no idea what, you know, the difference between a flute and a clarinet, like, if we're going to educate them, they don't have to be top level performers or performers at all for that matter, but to, to know at least a little something and carry that with them is, is definitely worth doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think, um, recruitment is a little simpler. It's like, this is the thing in front of you. There's not a whole lot else going on here at our school because we're smaller and, um, you know, uh, and that's just, how how the building is um i think recruitment is a little bit easier um retention is definitely more challenging um because everybody matters in the in a small school and i i think i think you know that that we should we should kind of talk about that as well like retention for me in where in Livingston, it's like, I have 12, 12 flutes. If one decides, you know what? I gave it my best. I made it to the winter concert. I'm like, you know what, hon, you did, you did really well. I get it. You know, like, let's, let's pick something else. Let's try something. Here's a trombone. Exactly. Here's a trombone. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Have you met the trombone? Um, uh, I have four of those by the way now. Um, so, uh, but like, but, you know, in a band like where there are only four or five flutes, it's really hard to say like, you sure? Like, OK, you know, to let that that person go, because then all of a sudden there's three in a lesson group and now everybody really has to play. And it's like, um, uh, you know, everybody is 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 much, much more important in the smaller band um, and uh, like between like what, what repertoire you can pick and what, um, you know, the, the, like what you can approach, you know, and how, how you structure your, your lessons. I mean, it, it matters for that matters big time in the, in the smaller school. Tom, do you feel that way? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so we're feeling it right now, um, because of the pandemic, like there's a COVID bubble that's going through. Um, we were not fortunate enough in my district to really have a robust band program, even like virtually, um, 
because we had the half days. They put me at the, the K through two school, um, every day. And I saw the value of what they were doing in terms of like limiting exposure and, and, you know, trying to focus on one thing when there was a time where you had to focus on one thing. Um, we basically carried on our band through Flipgrid, you know, basically like it was almost like correspondence. We never saw each other live. Um, and it wasn't graded. And because of that, there was, and also we, we had TJ around that time and I was out for 12 weeks for, you know, family leave. And I came back and, you know, I, the band was not, uh, it was just a lot of kids chose not to continue. And I'm, I'm still, you know, pretty heartbroken about it. Um, I, you know, I eventually at some point you have to like, you know, just say that that was a, that was an extraordinary situation and we just got to build back with what we have. Um, but I was left with a, a small group. The, the kids that stuck around were the kinds of kids who would stick around after a global pandemic, the ones who work really hard and the ones who, you know, really want to achieve things. So I have a small, but like incredibly talented band of about 20 students in seventh and eighth grade. Um, and we're playing flex band charts. Um, you know, I've tried to re-recruit some kids. I've gotten some newbies in there, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's this core of like really, really strong players. That's awesome. I'm glad you're able to, to, you know, lean on those kids, even though the group is small. Do you find yourself using a lot of flex arrangements? Is that something that you found useful? I was going to actually ask about literature and all that, but, um, we can jump in there. So we're, usually a large enough band that we have not had to use flex arrangements this year with that band. We are just because, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's just, it's, it's an odd makeup. I have like one flute. I have no super low winds. I have a bass clarinet, two trombones, and then a whole lot of middle. (laughs) So, (laughs) so you, you know, the part one, part two, part three, part four really does help. And there, there are some nice quality, charts out there. Like right now we're playing a Michael Orr's uh, Cyclone, which is great if you have the kind of uh, percussion, because all the percussionists stayed. Yeah. So, so we have plenty <laughs> of percussion and it's, it's very percussion-y. Um, and uh, we were playing uh, one of the uh, Celtic Aaron dances. I think it's the first one from uh, Michael Sweeney. And yeah, some, some really solid stuff. And then we're able to do Robert Sheldon's Tango Argentina, just because it's very clarinet and trumpet heavy anyway. And that's sort of where we have our, our strengths. So it's a, but it, it's chamber music, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I imagine that you both probably having had this experience are really well versed at looking at a piece and trying to see, or trying to fit, you know, trying to make a concert of pieces that are going to work for your ensemble. Oh, totally. Yes. Yeah. And I, my, my trick, uh, was especially since I didn't start, uh, kids in fifth grade on like, you know, bass clarinet or Barry sax or anything. Um, if I had 10 saxophones, five would get the alto part and the other five would get the Barry part. Um, so that mm. like my two trombones wouldn't feel like completely alone. Cause, and then, you know, if I had, you know, eight clarinets, I'd give four, four, you know, B flat parts and four bass clarinet parts out. And I'm actually doing that this year with my um, my band because my my flute bones <laughs> as great as they are they still are um, you know 
six weeks, eight weeks behind. So um, I happen to have, uh, you know, 14 clarinets. So I'm like, yeah, seven of you. Here you go. Here's the bass clarinet part that meet the bass clarinet. Maybe it's something you want to play in middle school, you know. So um, uh, we're like, I'm still I'm still doing it now. I'm still using it with my with my groups because you never know, you know, when you're going to end up with uh, not enough of one thing. So, yeah. yeah. And I've, I've definitely stolen that from you in the past. Like I do that with my, my younger kids. If you want to play a more fleshed out arrangement, but you haven't switched them over to the larger instruments that they might eventually play. Yeah, absolutely. Throw your, throw your extra, you know, your, your extra five altos on Barry Sachs. Why not? One thing that I I remember having a little trouble with at my first job, um, not quite the same size school you guys are talking about, but we ran into some issues too, was um, the same kids were being like drafted for everything. You had that core group of kids who were really great, you know, really studious, you know, really conscientious kids, and they did band, and they did chorus, and they did soccer, and they did drama, and they did, you know, gifted and talented art and all this stuff. How, what are some strategies that you have found work in trying to work with kids who are just being pulled in every direction? Well, I don't know if you could see it on the screen, but like my, my blood pressure was just going up as you were describing that. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the, uh, so I touched on a nerve here. Yeah, I, 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 I know where you're coming from. Um, we're currently going through that. We go through it pretty much every February and March and you can probably imagine why with the school we have school musical and uh we have you know the the ever-present uh student uh student government type of thing and they and peer leaders and then you have sports that are one season is finishing up and another season is you know they're doing tryouts coming up pretty soon and so you know earlier in my career i you know, I, I was kind of dynasty legacy, legacy minded, I suppose, where I was like, you know, this is that I want to have a band that could be as not just good for our little town, but like a, as good as any band in the state, you know, like that was, it was, and, and I found that I, I was not having as much fun as I would have liked to have had because I took everything really seriously. And once I started kind of loosening up and just saying, okay, it really does take a village to raise a child. You do like these kids, uh, they, 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 they do all these things cause they want to do all these things. And why would you give them a hard time about being interested and being talented? Um, let them, let them do that and just, you know, stop worrying about it. And eventually you find they work harder for you. And they, you, they really don't, they don't want you to be mad at them. Like that's another mm. thing when there are that many grownups who are telling them to go in this direction, that direction. Oh, I have a test. Oh, I have a, I have a tryout. Oh, I have this, I have scouts. I have, you know, whatever it is, it's, they get really stressed out these poor kids. So, you know, anything that you can take off of their shoulders and just finally say like, at the end of the day, like, I want you to become a better musician. It's really important to me, but I want you to be like a sane, happy person. Um, that kind of at some point has to take precedent. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I spent a lot of time in my first job also. Like um, there's one dance studio in town <laughs> that was like, our rehearsal is more important than your performance. And it was like, 
wait a minute, we are school and you are not like, you know, there, but you know, there's a huge financial investment then uh, with them for the, for the parents that are, you know, are on the traveling dance company team and this and that. And, you know, um, and I get that. And I get that uh, they have had kids go to Broadway and be professional dancers and, you know, um, uh, but it, you know, it took, it took a, a lot of like, just, eventually you look at a kid and you say like, okay, like you're making a choice. Your family's making a choice with you. Um, and that's, you know, that's, that's it. Yes. I'm going to give you a grade. Um, I'm still going to give you a grade and it might reflect that you weren't at the concert. And, um, you know, my principal let me know if I have to give you another, another option, you know, I, you know, another assignment or something to complete, but, um, but you're, you're, making a choice, you know, and that's kind of how we had to, had to handle some things. Um, you know, that, that student that wants to do everything and can like you go, (laughs) you know, um, and, uh, but (laughs) it did, it does get in the the way sometimes they, you know, kids get pulled in all, all different directions and it's tough to lose, you know, your best trumpet player on concert night because, um, she's performing in the Nutcracker, um, Mm. or yeah. So, um, yeah. That's yeah. So I think, I think we kind of touched on di- different things. Like um, I was thinking kind of within school, like, Oh, we're going to take you out of this rehearsal and whatnot. Missing concerts, of course, is a, it is, it is a whole other, is a whole other ball game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, I do find that, um, you know, you, you had mentioned in the, in the show notes when, that you shared with me, Jen, mm-hmm. that you, you were, you had like some kind of question about, you know, retaining students and, and getting them to, uh, getting them to follow through for the, for the remainder of like a school year and things mm-hmm. like that. And honestly, um, I always, I, maybe I'm just lucky or something like that, but in all the literature I put out at the beginning of the year, I say band is a full year commitment. I reiterate it to them in person. I, I reiterate it to the parents and I have the, the, the administration behind me on that. And so if a student says it's gotta be, it's gotta be a pretty, pretty big deal. If a kid doesn't continue in band through the entire year, at mm-hmm. least the first year yeah. that they're doing it. And like, uh, I, I saw this in your notes earlier, like, um, and this kind of ties into, to kids not realizing, you know, um, like they're, their role like their how much they mean to the people around them right um and i saw in your notes like uh you know students feeling like like they're a big fish in a small pond and like you know how they really measure up against you know the rest of the world versus like within your program and mm-hmm. and uh you know i think i think that ties in a little bit uh you know ties in a little bit too like in a in a smaller school in a smaller community um uh you're, you're relying on those like ultra talented kids, but they're ultra talented within the scope of like, you know, what you're doing. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and like, I, I know I always, always was trying to find opportunities where I could get my kids to see like a bigger picture, like beyond what I had going on in the classroom. Because, um, you know, if, if not, it was just like us in our little, our little bubble, you know, um, and I'm me, I was out there trying to find, you know, new stuff and new experiences and, and everything, but, um, but their scope was pretty, pretty, pretty small, you know, yeah. um, a fun test is, uh, ask one of your, I don't know, second year students, 
who's the who's your favorite musician on your instrument? And you'll usually either get either get I don't know or you. <laughs> if they say Mr. Wise, then we have a, we have a talk. Well, that's the thing. We like, yeah. I, I, if you've been playing your instrument for any amount of time, like you should have somebody that you enjoy listening to. You should, and and just know that there's a world outside of the walls of our classroom, mm-hmm. and that's that's especially difficult. Like I feel like in in Livingston, which is a for people who are listening, not in New Jersey, is a is a fairly metropolitan community. People get out and they do things. They go see they go see uh, concerts and you know shows and things like that. And while Mountainside is very it, you know it, it's it's technically metropolitan, it's like right on Route 22. It's right near a bunch of cultural centers. Some of these kids, I feel like they just go home and they you know put on the whatever the, their phone or their video game or whatever. And, uh, they, they don't know what's out there. And cause it's, I, I, that's one place where I feel like I could improve is show them, uh, really what's out there, but mm-hmm. you, there's only so much time in the day, you know? Yeah. 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 We struggled with, uh, you know, getting kids, uh, to take private lessons. And, uh, because if you're the best saxophone in your section, like, why would you go take lessons? Like, because, hmm. Oh, well, I'm the best one. It's like, yeah. well, <laughs> you're doing a great job, but, uh, you know, we, we want to get you here. And, um, how many kids I sent to, you know, junior region, high school region auditions that just, um, really just didn't know the talent level that was happening around them. Um, are they, you know, yeah, the achievement that was happening around them. And that was, that was, that was tough to, tough to see when, you know, you, you try and like you said, lead, lead the horse to water and then it's like, uh, they don't, they don't have a big enough picture. We did zoom, um, before zoom was zoom, we did Skype chats with bands from like different parts of the state just to get an idea of what was going on out there. Um, I just, uh, I, I really felt like that was an important thing that I had to do for my students in a small school. So that's a great idea. Like buddy up with another district and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what a cool yeah. idea. I'm kind of curious here. I'm noticing in our notes here, you wrote a some, in creating a spiral curriculum. I think yes. Tom put that in his notes. I did. Tom, can you talk a little bit about what that is and how one goes about starting this? This might be a Yukon thing. They're they're very heavily uh, Vygotskyan constructivist there. Oh, okay, they, sure. And so it's like, you know, all the, the, the buzzwords zone of proximal development or whatever. So, um, so this idea of spiraling a curriculum is, is to, uh, teach a concept, um, but use that, use the basis of that concept, uh, to form new and grow new concepts, uh, later on. So this idea of like, okay, you know, going, saying, saying you start in kindergarten Oh, in kindergarten, we're going to learn hot cross buns. Maybe in first grade, we're going to learn, we're going to learn the words to hot cross buns and uh, we will improvise some uh, accompaniment to it until by the time they get to recorders, they're playing hot cross buns on recorders. And then, you know, they're creating, by the time they get to eighth grade, they're creating themes and variations on hot Mm. cross buns. And so hot cross buns is simply a vehicle to whatever your, uh, your goals are. And so what I do is um, I, I base what I teach in my 
um, in my younger classes around what I eventually want them to do. So it's not just like, um, like in band. So I, I don't just, uh, say, Oh, here's a trumpet. I play trumpet and you know, you know what a trumpet sounds like. Um, I'll teach them, you know, uh, Hey, ho, nobody home, uh, as a round in third grade. And then when they play it in, on page number 11 of essential elements for band in fifth grade, they're like, huh, I know this song. And I want to be like, you know why you know this song? Because I was preparing for this moment for like the last several years, you know, like, but <laughs> it, it does, you know, the, the, the idea that the, um, the, the method books choose their songs partly because they're, they're folk songs. And of course they're simple, they're readable, but they also should have like a, a sort of an inkling of familiarity to them, to a lot of kids. And so I was finding when I first started, there was no familiarity. None of these songs rang any bells to them. So why not start teaching them? And then it just builds on, builds on. And you end up getting some wonderful songs, folk song based things, uh, you know, a tisket, a tasket we did in second grade. Uh, I'm currently teaching it in second grade and I'm currently teaching it in fifth grade band at the same time. And it's like, wow. they're like, Oh so man, you're I really, that. you're using the instrumental curriculum to drive the general music curriculum a bit. And, and vice versa at, at times. Too. and vice versa. So cool. Yeah. And, and I find that it's like, I, I, that's one of the things that autonomy can kind of give you because, you know, if you guys wanted to do something like this, you'd have to get multiple people on board with it mm-hmm. and get it and like really, you know, try to try to figure out exactly we're going to teach it this way so that it'll work the best it can. And me, I can just wing it from day to day and, and year over year. And see, I've got, I've got something that kind of works for me. Uh, so, you know, if, for anybody who's listening, who says, you know, what's a, what's a way, like I'm in a small district. What, how can I soup up my programs? How can I make life easier for myself? Teach the songs vocally years before you need to learn them on instruments. If you can. And use solfege in your band. Yes. Oh yes. my gosh. We use solfege all the time. Oh yeah. Like sing, I sing at them. I, we associate our first five notes with solfege um, and beyond. And they can pretty much solfege mo- like half the songs I put in front of them um, for concert band because uh, we just, yeah, use, uh, I use the solfege. All right. So now I want to, I want to flip switch directions here for, for a little bit. Sure. sure. So we've kind of talked about some of the challenges of a small, a small program. And I think that, you know, I'm imagining listening to this as somebody who is in college or maybe just looking for their first job. And they're like, Oh, you know, I might end up in one of these districts. Talk about some of the, the positives of uh, being in a district so small, because I know there are, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I just think it's important to kind of get an, uh, you know, a, a a comprehensive look at it. Okay. So, so uh, yeah, I, I really didn't want to make it seem like it was negative. There, there are, t- there, there, of course there are tons of challenges, but the reward is pretty great. Um, it's uh, I'm, I feel like I know all of my students and there have been times where, you know, I'm talking to a parent about a, about one, one of their children. And I, I say, uh, you know, so-and-so, you know, it seems, seems to me that they, uh, they, they really have an interest in music and they, you know, they, they, they care about doing well, but you know, maybe there's like a little bit of a, there's a little bit of a, you know, a, a confidence issue here or there. Or there's like a, you know, maybe a, a slight, like, you know, need some, some help with, 
tracking or something like that with their, when they when it comes to reading skills and things like that. And they're like, wow, you really know my kid. Like that's, that's a, you, you, mm. you hit him on the head. Well, the thing is, the thing I, I have about, let's see, kindergarten, eighth grade, I have about nine years to get to know them, you know? Um, and each year we get to build on that relationship. So, uh, whereas some, so there, there are plenty of people and I, I, I I guess, Eric, you're kind of in the situation. You meet the students on day one and on day 180, whatever it is, uh, you pass them to, ne- to the next person and you get to watch them watch them succeed beyond that. Um, and there, there's, you know, you kind of get to, to live vicariously and just say, look, there they go. And so uh, it, the, I guess in where I am, the stakes are pretty high. Like the reward is high because because you get to know them and you get to to, to live all their successes. Um, the stakes are also high because if you if you mess up, <laughs> the mess the the, the mess uh, sticks with you for a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you just gotta you just gotta you gotta kind of revel in the in the successes and uh, and and in you know if you're the kind of person who really you know, kind of cherishes the, the, the growth of the kid. Like that's, that's what I live for that light bulb moment, Mm. you know? And Mm -hmm. so you just say, you just say, uh, yeah, this is watching that happen over and over, over the course of eight, nine years is just, you know, it's so rewarding. Mm. So good. I think um, that was my favorite part too, because I taught four through eight in my first position and, um, you know, getting to see them go, you know, start, start in fourth grade. And I knew by the time I sent them off to high school, pretty much everything they knew was because of something that we did in our school together yeah. Yeah, and cool. getting to sort of see them go from that, you know, little kid to, you know, becoming a big high school is really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's definitely a big perk. Yeah. It's also great if you're a control freak. Because you, <laughs> you know, you know their feeder. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. If I, if I, if I ever want to make a change, I don't I don't have to try to convince anybody to do make to make oh, that change. Oh, I see what you're yeah. saying. I was going right. to say that. Like I, I I definitely forget that there are you know three or four other teachers in that are doing the same job as me, like next door, and I'll just like do something and be like, oh right, everybody should probably do it mm. that way or not do it, you know, and um. And, and I forget, I'm so guilty of that. I like in here in, in Livingston, because I taught, you know, for nine years, like in a position where I could just like make it work because I looked at the kids in front of me and said, this is what they need. And this is what we will do. And, um, oh yeah, I, I, I step in that hole all the time. Um, yeah. because, uh, yeah, cause I just, I had that freedom before, um, and it's a double-edged sword because, again, you're responsible for whatever outcome comes from it. And um, if you don't, you know, if you don't have that uh, mirror looking back at you, or you don't have a music supervisor, or you, you know, um, Tom, didn't you just get observed by your superintendent last week or something? I did. I did. <laughs> like, oh wow! Yeah. Just like a regular like observation. It went straight to the top. You know, <laughs> like I mean, that's just not happening where where I am. Like, and and. Uh, uh, and it's just, it's one of those things. If you don't have that mirror looking back at you, um, yeah. you don't always, you don't always see it right away. Right. I want you to know, just a side note, Jen, I did get ob- observed by our superintendent. You did? Uh, I want to say you do? five well, years kidding. ago. Okay. <laughs> it was one of our interim superintendents and oh, okay. it was right before she was leaving. Yeah. 
And uh, yeah, she she observed me. We had a really nice conversation afterwards. So it does happen occasionally. Okay. All right. I was observed <laughs> by the assistant superintendent, but that was, um, you know, right before I got tenure. So nice. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Um, but yeah, uh, it's that's that's a thing. You know, it's just like the the chain to the top is a little shorter. You know. Yes. We're about like a little a little at it. Like we're a little over an hour here. Is there anything else like on the list? I feel like we've really gone. We've really gotten to a lot of uh, your your notes here. If we were to kind of leave with one parting thought, the situation that I find myself in, e- even though it's sort of you know there, you don't get much airtime. Um, on this kind of a podcast necessarily. Uh, there are a lot of us out there that are like this. And so, um, you know, if they, if you have questions, uh, you know, contact Jen and Eric and, or you can contact me, I'd be happy to, to walk you through things. So Tom, for our listeners who might want to get in touch, what's the best way to, uh, to find you? You can find me on my school email. It is twise, T-W-I-S-E at mountainsideschools.org. That's mountainsideschools, all one word, dot org. And, um, and Jen, I know our, you know, our listeners hopefully know how to reach out to us, but just in case they, they don't, and they're just tuning in for the first time. We are Take a Cue podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Yes. Yes. Yes, that's right. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, yeah, so... Tom, this was a lot of fun. It was fun to have both of you guys on the pod together um, and uh, to sort of pick your pick your brains. Because mm-hmm. like, like I mentioned before we started, this is something that I maybe have a little bit of experience about knowing, but I really appreciate getting to uh, to learn more about your experiences and some, you know, some ideas that you have about small districts. Yeah. And I feel like I'm having that moment like, yay, small districts go rah, rah. You know, like I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling that vibe right now, you know. Um, small districts, big pride. I think that's the name of the, yeah. I like it. Show. It's, it's nice to be, it's nice to be heard, you know? So yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is great. Yeah. But so yeah, thanks for running with it, Eric. This is cool. Yeah. And thank you for, thank you very much for having me guys. It's a, uh, it's uh, as I said, I'm a big fan and uh, you know, I'll be, I'll be listening to this one and, all the other ones too. Uh, I love you guys. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) So anyway, friends, if you're listening and you really like what you heard, don't forget to subscribe. Make sure you rate and review the podcast on your favorite podcast app. Make sure you tell other people about us. We love to find new listeners who haven't, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, gotten to find out that take a cue exists and then they, they love it. Yeah. And if you have any episodes uh, in mind for us for the future, please let us know. We we're always interested in hearing uh, what you want us to talk about. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, Jen and Tom, I think it's about time to, uh, to wrap this up and to all of our listeners. Don't forget, get out there, make great music with either lots of kids or just a few kids. It doesn't matter because they need music. 